This is a podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons. That with is each going. Other. It's going to be the most ridiculous podcast ever. <laughs> uh, probably. I hope you're ready. It's a good uh, good chance. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Everyone, and welcome. Let's go to a very special edition of Make Believe Heroes, also known as, in this instance, Make Believe Champions. My name is Paul, and I am here today with uh, two of our regular. Let's just say regulars. Two of my regulars. Two of our regulars. Irregulars. The irregulars. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually one of them. At least is an irregular. Is it? And that's uh, it's well. I mean, if we're talking about (laughs) as a human. It's Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, maybe it's two regular. That's me. Uh, anyway, and then we have two very special patron guests today for what is hopefully going to be an awesome D&D session. So I'm not going to have you guys introduce your characters except for Jeremy. You can say who you're going to be playing. Yeah. Or everybody can just say your names. We want you to introduce yourselves. Hey, guys. It's Jeremy, and today I play Sutsaurus. Oh, boy. I'm Jeffrey. Yeah, girl. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Uh, if you if you want to, Brohas, you and Walker can say the names of your characters. Hello, my name is Brayden Rojas, and I play Vildebro. Vildebro. Nice. nice. Vildebro. I'm Walker, and I'm playing Heath Fairfax. Yes, Heath Fairfax. Uh, this is going to be something else. Yes. Um, but before we get to that something, I'm going to begin... I'm so nervous. With the rolling of this quite large blue 20-sided die. Roll a 17. Get a one. Get a one. Get a one. I was really close to a 17. It was a 16. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, what is this I hear that 17-year-olds can no longer listen to the podcast? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. I don't really know. <laughs> Everybody's allowed to, unless you're 17. If you're 17, turn this off. Yeah, it's all ages except for 17. That is uh, the one age, apparently, according to Jeffrey. Anyway. It's true. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> if you're listening and you're 17, please continue to listen. Uh, y'all ready to play some Don Jones and Dragons? Ready. Yes. Let's play. I am ready. The question is, are you ready to be played? No. <laughs> Lord God in heaven, no, I'm not Let's ready. blow up his game. <laughs> We begin, Saul. Yeah, boy. As you are traveling, you've been traveling for some time, a couple days, few days anyway, uh, through what is now the frozen, barren wasteland that was once the lush forest of Fallen Grove. The trees are mostly dead, and they are all barren. There are no leaves, there's no greenery, there is no sign of that beautiful orange and yellow and green that used to cover this land. I mean, you know, it was once like an ocean of trees, and now it is barren. That's really the best word I could use for it. You're looking at trees covered in naked bark, uh, frostbitten, covered in ice and snow. And this has been a grueling, cold journey that you have made by yourself as you head toward the center of Fallen Grove, what was once a place called the Canopy. Oh, yeah. 
You've never been to the canopy before, right? Never, not one time. Uh, but you've heard about it. Yep. Uh, Bill gave you quite a bit of knowledge and tried to prepare you for sort of what you were going to be facing. I think I hear faintly on the wind, can of peas. <laughs> oh no, please, no. Yes. Yes, Jim, he's, he's ever present. As Bill told you, there would come a point as you get near the canopy that the ground beneath your feet would start to descend like a hill leading down into a valley where the enormous and powerful trees of the canopy once stood and you have now come upon the spot that you can tell from all around because you can see through this place a lot better now since there are no leaves. The I was going to say sun, but it's really a cloud-covered gray sky above you and snow is always falling. It's not a blizzard or anything right now. Uh, you've encountered some pretty harsh whiteouts during your journey, but now it's just a steady light snowfall and freezing cold air. You can see that <laughs> you can see that all the land around you is is descending into sort of a valley, like we said, and you are now heading down this valley, Saul. This is nothing compared to the frozen circle. <laughs> Here we go. Oh gosh, oh gosh. But he's clearly shivering and has he has like uh, He's very cold. Let's go say you're super cold though. Very, very cold. Uh, I mean, it's not like below zero. It's just cold enough to be constantly uncomfortable. And you do okay because you're natural heat source or whatevs. It's about 10 degrees. He just keeps lighting his rapier like inside of his clothes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just letting it just like heat. Scorch him. <laughs> and now that you are descending and you look around, if you didn't know that you were coming upon the same place, you would, you would never have imagined that something like this could have ever existed here. From what you've heard of the camp, you've majestic, huge, beautiful, like a city in the treetops. With secret tunnels underneath. Yeah, no tunnels. Um, <laughs> There's so yeah. many tunnels. I'll, I'll never escape that. I'll never get away from that. He's asking questions about secret tunnels in Dimmerhold. Like, everywhere we go, he's like, but are there any secret tunnels? <laughs> like, there never were. As you descend and you look upon this valley, though, you can't imagine that. You can't vision it in your eyes because what you see before you is just absolute destruction. In the valley where the branches of the Kalen River once fed, the ground has opened up. There is a massive hole in the ground. It stretches for miles across. It's the size of what you would imagine would have been the city, the canopy. Not really a city, but you know what I'm saying, the canopy. Stretching for miles across, there is now a chasm, a crater, if you will, that has sunk into the earth like a giant sinkhole. Whoa. You might say it looks like an empty can of peace. <laughs> wow. This looks like an empty can of peas. <laughs> it stretches for miles across as if the earth itself has opened its maw and swallowed all that once was the canopy. You're approaching from the northeast, okay? It swallowed all the peas. You're coming down and <laughs> <laughs> you see this uh, this this empty can of peas. <laughs> I need you to roll me a perception check, old Saul. Saul wants to roll a perception check. Okay, give me one. Saul dice. Look for the few peas left. What? <laughs> what did you say? He said look for the few peas left. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, this is actually the journey for the peas. <laughs> I got a 16 on the dice. Okay. 16 is good enough. So with your mod, which is a zero, uh, you succeed. Okay. Very good. He takes a big draw off his cigar. 
that's like uh-huh. he's taken a, a dagger and poked it on the end of the dagger because he's keeping his hand inside of his cloak the whole time he's smoking. Mm-hmm. It's like poking out. It's <laughs> just poking out. Um, <laughs> you are descending from the northeast side of the canopy coming down the hill. Jilly, you better be here. As you're looking around, like I said, you see dozens of these massive trees, huge trunks. I don't know how to describe exactly how big they are. They're, they're bigger than any tree you've ever seen in your life, hands down. But they're all broken. They're all torn up by the roots. Some of them are sticking straight up out of this chasm. Some are lying across it. Uh, others, you can just barely see a root sticking out here and there all the way across. It's just a mangled up mess of trees and destroyed buildings and it just looks like a like a dump you know think like a trash heap but it's all wood and trees and and rotted but as you're approaching there is one particular trunk that is laying across the chasm it's broken off halfway up the tree but it's kind of suspended on top of some other stuff and you swear you can see some movement down below near the great rotted roots and trunk that's sticking up out of the chasm i am immediately going to go stealthy Okay. And try to sneak closer to it. So roll me a stealth check. That is also uh, with my cigar still burning up, though. Of course. Very stealthy. Yeah. I rolled a six. Nice. Well, your stealth is pretty legit. I mean, it's okay. It's a six, so you've got a 12. I mean, it, it beats the base medium, so if these guys are buffoons, I might be okay. Are you heading in that direction? You are stealthily? Yep. Trying to get a look at who it is and what they're doing. Brayden, uh, also known as Vildebro. Ooh. So, Vildebro, you have been traveling up from the south, or heading in this direction as well. Saul, you are here, like you mentioned, specifically looking for Jill, like you're looking for signs of Jill. And, you know, you got some other things you're kind of looking around for, and you just kind of wanted to see this for yourself. Vildebro, you know, you're a merc, a merc for hire, right? Right. And so you have been hired to come uh, by a wealthy benefactor, Specifically, you're looking for signs of a loved one of a wealthy benefactor who has been missing since the fall of the canopy. So that's your sort of merc for hire business. Who's the wealthy benefactor? Joe. And so you're coming in here from the south looking for that due to the rumors of the undead. Because something that is similar with all of your characters that you'll notice is that you've all heard rumors of strange things going on, whispers of undead or something like that in this area. But you are coming from the south, and it's a very similar situation. It is, it's very cold. Uh, it's about as cold as you've probably been in a very, very, very long time. You're freezing, you're making your way down. But you have also come upon the valley that leads down into the canopy, but from the southern side. And as you are going down, you see as well all of the just destruction of what was once the canopy. Would you say that Vildebro's ever been here before this, like back when it was still standing i've probably passed through at some point probably passed through things are different it is shocking it looks like this is the ruins of some forest-based city of 50 100 years ago and it has been rotting in just ice and snow for for decades upon decades it is it's shocking the difference from the last time you were here to now you keep walking down the hill uh, and ha- Vildebro, go ahead and give me a perception check. Okay. That's a dirty 20. What? what dirty what? 20. Dirty 20. Your 20s are dirty. You see the same thing that Saul saw. You see a one of these great trunks 
that seems to be like sticking up out of this chasm uh, to the right near the end of it you can see movement and as you're getting closer you can actually hear something kind of stirring around over there do you move in that direction I do being as stealthy as I can okay go ahead and roll me another uh, a stealth check then uh, that's a four <laughs> nice okay so you have a total of four <laughs> okay very stealthy. Kind of roll down the hill in front of everybody. You are also moving in that direction. Walker. Yes. Mr. Heath Fairfax has also been traveling through Fallen Grove. Mm-hmm. Similar reasons. Hearing rumors of undead and Heath is, correct me if I'm wrong, an elven paladin of Prevalian. He's a human paladin. He's a human? Yes. But you're coming up from Vent Haven, right? Yep. Okay, human paladin Provalian. Gotcha. My bad. Human. I just knew. I just assumed Provalian Elven. I don't know why I made that assumption. Wow. So, as a human paladin of Provalian, you have also come. Way to go, Paul. To this place, uh, due to rumors of undead, doing your due diligence to see what's going on as a paladin of Provalian. We'll say coming from Venthaven, the easiest way to travel would have been by sea. So we'll say you've come up from the western side of the continent. And now you are approaching from the west toward Fallen Grove. Or uh, you're in Fallen Grove. You're approaching from the west toward the canopy. And similarly, it's cold. It's very cold. But the cold doesn't really seem to bother you that much. You have been in the cold. And you come upon the descending hill down toward the canopy and just like the others it is it is a mess i mean it's a wreck there are just it looks like an enormous chasm that leads down to nothing or at the very least it seems to be almost bottomless but it is filled with trunks of trees and chunks of buildings and all kinds of crazy stuff and as you're coming down the hill why don't you roll me a perception check as well all right oh boy Oh, boy. That is a 17. 17. Okay. Is that that with your modifier? Yeah. Okay. Nice. With a 17, you notice some things. Mm. You notice some movement down toward the end of a trunk, not too far from where you have arrived right now. You also see two other figures moving toward it. Both of them look like they're trying to be inconspicuous. (laughs) (laughs) But you can see both of them quite clearly. Just completely failing. What do you do? Keith puts his hand on his longsword. He doesn't draw it out, but he's ready if anything happens. And he, he kind of goes the opposite way that they're moving. So he's kind of going to circle around them. Okay, so you are... Heading that way, they are going to get there before you, but you have, you know, the if you want to call it that, I guess, the tactical advantage in that you can see them know what's up. Saul, you arrive first yeah, girl. at this trunk. It is an enormous, probably, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's uh, let me just throw out a number here, 20 feet wide. It's a big tree trunk. Rotted, blackened tree trunk. And from the direction you were coming, you could see right against the end of it where it was pulled up and like snapped off at the uh, at the root. You you see movement. Like I said, you're 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 noticing some movement. 
you don't really understand at first, but as you get there, it becomes a little bit clearer what you're seeing. It's kind of unsettling. It looks like the tree, something up inside the, if you want to call it that, meat, like the rotted, blackened wood and moss is just like churning oh, and like moving around Ooh, at uh, the end of this uh, this tree. I draw my rapier. Okay. <laughs> Vildebro, you come up on this scene uh, shortly thereafter. Because your perception was higher than his stealth, you see Saul there kind of like perked behind like something looking at it and you see him draw his rapier. But as you're approaching, you trip and like, <laughs> kick a big spray of snow up and the snow like goes flying over and hits Saul and Saul, you turn and there is a, a Vildebro thing behind you. Vildebro, why don't you describe what you look like real quick? So Vildebro, he is face down in the uh, in the snow right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but when he gets up, he kind of just uh, wipes off his himself, and uh, you kind of see that there is a well kept deep red leather blazer. Okay. Kind of looks like it with uh, nice inlays and everything. But you can definitely tell that uh, with the pants and the, and the shoes, they kind of look like uh, how would you say just kind of unkept, mm-hmm. uh, poor. Yeah. So you can kind of tell this guy has has been on the street and does not do clean business. Gotcha. Uh, he tries to present himself that way, but uh, nice. His hair is it's it's kind of a deep dark uh, auburn black. In the light, you can see some red and everything in it. And he's of course he's got the the crimson red skin, horns protruding out of his head, a thicker tail than most okay. and uh, inside of his eyes is what you would most recognize his eyes are iridescent and mixed in with black purples and reds weird uh, Vildero's picking himself up off of the uh, the snow with his iridescent eyes <laughs> and you spot him Saul and also Vildero you spot Saul uh, and you both see something moving inside this tree trunk I look at Saul and I say now's not the time we can come back to this later, but it's good to see you. What in the nine hells? And he just, like, points his sword towards the thing growing out of the tree, <laughs> moving around in the tree. And he uh, he pulls a dagger in his left hand and looks at him like, what? To you guys, it looks at first almost like the tree is moving uh, inside of it. But then, like, now that you're up closer, it's like maybe something dug up inside of this and is now trying to dig its way out. You're not sure. Heath, you're coming up on them and can see them from far off, and you watch this exchange happen. About the time something pretty weird happens. Something just plorps right out the end of this tree trunk. Oh, no. (laughs) What the? Jeffrey, why don't you describe your character for us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wait a second. Are you serious? (laughs) Okay, so you see a gnome wearing leaf guard clothes a gnome huh so so you see the nice little leaf guard uniform okay. thing mm. he's pretty short i have no idea what the leaf guard uniform looks like but that's what he's wearing <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nice leather uh, armor with a symbol of atonio on the front but i imagine it looks a little worse for wear it looks pretty rough like yeah i mean it's got it's probably bloods dried blood that's been there for a while, a long time. Mm. Mm. It almost looks like it's starting to decay probably. Mm. He's, he's pretty short because he's a gnome so he's, I don't know exactly how tall but probably like three feet right around there. Um, 
and you might notice that this guy looks like he's probably half dead or dead oh even oh <laughs> so is he did he like get up and like dust himself or is he just like laying there so we like he's probably just laying there oh so, uh, that's... so all right if you really look close at him parts of his skin that you can see maybe look a little decayed oh. he is missing one eye oh which has in fact rotted out of his head this is nice <laughs> this is good and there's a mushroom growing out of that eye socket <laughs> why what is and going they're on so we don't know if this guy is alive or dead and there is some like on the places where you see the decomposition decomposition, you can kind of see some fungus growing in those areas. That's what he looks like. This is interesting. <laughs> uh, how do you two react to that? What is that? Kill it, devil. He has no hair either. No hair. This is this is pretty uh, revolting, but uh, if I mean, if you're telling me to, I, I suppose I, why wouldn't I? Uh, he he starts walking up to it and like uh, gets out like a, a quarterstaff off his back and he just kind of starts prodding the the body that's that's laying there on the ground. How do you react to that, uh, Jeffrey? So he's laying face down. So whenever he starts poking me, I flip over really fast and be like, "Hey! Oh my God! What 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 is that all about? What are you what are you doing just laying there? I thought you were dead. Me dead." Uh, what? what are you talking about? Clearly, this is undeath. Is that how that works? What What are you, peasant? I am Gus. Gus. I am a fun, fun guy. Oh. <laughs> I, I... Saul turns around and walks away. I face palm and I just... <laughs> Saul turns around and walks away. <laughs> 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 This is what you see going on. <laughs> I'm a fun, a fun guy. What does he? What does Heath do? He turns around and leaves. He doesn't even want to deal with these people. <laughs> <laughs> he draws his sword and he he heads down, still being stealthily. Okay. And he's going to just keep a watch on him because he doesn't really trust or know any of them for that fact. That's true. So, yeah, he's just going to be ready. Okay. Why don't you roll me a stealth check just to see? 23. 23! So you're actually you're actually disadvantaged on stealth uh, because of your armor, I just noticed. Oh, so armor. You have to roll it again. 25. <laughs> I got a right. Which one's lower? The 20, you said a 23 was lower? Yeah. Okay. Stealthy. They don't notice you coming up. You are, uh, you're actually moving very quiet. I mean, there's, there's, you know, wind uh, and a lot of commotion down there with, uh, with the, this fun guy showing up. This fun guy. Uh, so you're, you oh kind of, you've got the jump on them, if you, if you want to say it that way. Not that you're necessarily going to try and jump them, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, so you can move forward. What's happening down here? Who with us? Gus. I think you have some explaining to do. And uh, keep any weapons you have to yourself. We might have to burn you. Nothing nothing to explain here. Nothing to explain. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a, a guy. A fun guy. Yes. I am Gus. A fun, I am fun, 
and Gus. You live here? Uh, this is my home. Yes. Oh, God. Have you seen any halflings around? Yeah. Sounds like a pretty uh, weird group of people. Silence, devil. I'll get to you in a minute. (laughs) All right, then. I'm looking for a halfling, Jilly. Jilly. I can make jelly. Mm. Oh, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> not, not your type. <sighs> so we found an idiot. What are you, devil? What circle are you from? How long have you been on Manumi? I've been here... I don't... I don't remember a lot. Uh, I know that voice. He leans in and it's like... He's leaning in and squinting at him. Veldbrot kind of, like, leans back a little bit, like, Hey, man, like, why don't you back off a little bit, all right? Have you told him your name? Have either of you said your names? I don't think you have, have you? No. Okay, just want to make sure. Saul, like, tilts his head sideways and goes, Bro? (laughs) Oh, no, (laughs) Such Sars, is that you? Are you... Ha! You could call me Saul. Where have you been? I, I, he like runs up and gives him oh, a hug. I, I, he he returns the hug. I mean, he's these are things that Saul would never normally do, but knew Saul would. If he, I mean, Vildebro is definitely taken back. Uh, this is a lot for him all at once, though. So like, he's kind of like flustering a little bit. Like, what what is going on? I I I'm, I'm good, but uh, what uh, Saul? What are you? What are you doing here? I mean, I thought that after. I can't remember too much. I, a lot's coming back now that I'm seeing you, though. Yeah, that happens. I say, how, how touching uh, family reunion <laughs> in the background, and you can see a little tear come out of my eye, and it's kind of yellow and gross. <laughs> <laughs> sappy. It's like sappy. And then I start sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> this is not royalty, this or family. This is Vildebro. Battle Mage of the Red Army. Yes, I I do remember that I was a soldier back in my first life, but uh, I don't. Oh, wait a minute, you you've defected. W- what are you doing here? Saul's like trying to not go back to the fact that why why did you leave the hills? <laughs> I I thought bro means family, bro, bro brother, brother. <laughs> oh gosh, this is gonna be awful. You're soon to lose your other eye if you're not going to be helpful, Gus. Heath, are you approaching them, getting closer? Yeah, he's still moving closer. You are close enough now that you're like within range of them. So like you can hear all this going on. They don't see you. Um, do you? What do you do? Do you maintain your cover? Do you step up? Um, he steps up. Uh, he grabs his okay. explorer's pack and he pulls out uh-huh. four bottles of Pepto Bismol. Yes! Oh, my goodness gracious, please. God, no. Oh, no. I can't. Oh, no. What I can't hell? drink that. <laughs> it, it, it might cure him. It might kill me. Pour, pour it on him now. <laughs> you all turn and see this uh, gentleman. What does Heath look like? He's average height, like six foot, six foot one. Medium length blonde hair, like dirty blonde. He has okay. gold and blue uh, armor. It has 
Nice. The symbol of Prevalian on it. And he has a blue sapphire amulet also. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And he's wearing like a black cloak with a hood. Right. That sounds like a really cool outfit. This guy doesn't seem like any good business. Uh, yeah, you suddenly see this gentleman appear. He's a handsome fella wearing some pretty fancy armor. Uh, <laughs> and he pulls out four balls of Pepto Bismol. Welcome, uh, soldier man. What's going on here, soldier man? What is your business here? What is your business here, peasant? This is my business. Thank you for coming here. <laughs> As he points to the mushroom growing out of his head. So, question, Paul. Yes. So, am I looking for a cure? Yeah, so you're you're kind of investigating, like I said, you're investigating the whole undead situation, so you, you're here to get a good look at what's going okay. on. Okay. And uh, you, you've kind of already gotten your first look here, it seems like. <laughs> How suspect we all meet at a crossroads. How likely could this have been? Uh, this does not appear to be two roads crossing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Paladin. What? It is a pleasure to meet you. And he pulls his rapier in such a way that you can see the Paylor symbol on the end of it. Oh, soldier of Paylor, I see. And he he goes in for like a, a bro hug, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, Saul does the like the handshake thing where you grab each other's like the crook of the arm or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Little bro sees this. He's uh he's concerned for this guy very much. You know, when he went in for that bro hug, he was like, "Oh no, this guy can't be any good." Yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. I start crying wrong. a little more. Family, <laughs> touching family <laughs> reunion. We've just met this mushroom person. I'm looking for a friend of mine. Um, I am... I am Gnome. That is me, a Gnome. Gus, by name. <laughs> so, Gus is Gus is pretty decomposed, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, especially... You guys you guys notice, especially around, like, the arms and the legs, uh, there are definitely parts of it that are being held together by some form of fungus, <laughs> moss, something... And, like, you're standing now? Yes. Okay. You're all standing there, and, and as you're kind of talking, you're discussing business, you all feel something kind of strange. Uh, it almost feels like a wave of emotion comes across you. You know how, like, sometimes you'll be watching a movie or something, and, and like, this particular scene will, will do something just almost out of nowhere, very emotional, and you'll just feel like a welling up. It's kind of like that. It's like a welling up in your chest, and you all, all at once, turn your head and look toward the chasm, and you feel a... It's not a compulsion, you know what I'm saying? You're not compelled to do this, but you feel a desire to go deeper into that chasm. I think we should go together. For now. For sure. Bro... Am I not your prince? I think you'll go anywhere I ask. Things... Things may have been that way in the hells. However, I see you as a friend of mine. I will follow you. You choose your words wisely. (laughs) I appreciate you. I will follow you. You do me good. Okay, we head... I'm just going to lead off. 
Gus, you coming? I uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> I will. I will go. Is it normal for there to be undeath walking around Anumi? Who is undeath? You are. Anytime there's undead around, I, there's always something wrong, and I get a bad feeling. You think we should kill this thing? And he points his rapier at Gus. Why would you kill me? I am a fun guy. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we can, we can be very good friends. We can be, uh, we can be bros, like you and your bros. Bros. <laughs> bros. Are we? Are we? Are we bros now? We are bros now. I, I like bros. <laughs> hey, fungus. You guys like Fun- skateboards? I, uh, Did you say do we like skateboards? I am real men. You, you like skateboards? <laughs> yeah, we should go skateboarding a couple of times. I'll show you how to do an ollie. Uh, Heath, have you been in this area before? Not recently, no. I'm looking for my friend Jilly. And Saul's going to start traveling deeper into the chasm as he's saying all this. Mm-hmm. She's a halfling. Saul. She's kind of my conscious. What? What? I believe that I've I've been here before. Uh, however, I this place it looks completely different from the last time that I've seen it, and it's been a while. But uh, Paul, do you think I would have like any recollection of uh, of the area or or just kind of anything at all? I mean, I know it's blown up and everything, but oh, it is in it is in no way, fashion, or form anything like it was before. Figured. It's like somebody stuck it inside of a Yahtzee cup, shook it up, and dumped it into this pit. Would anyone recognize the leaf guard armor? Um, Ooh. maybe. Uh, I'll tell you what, Vildebro, if you want to roll me a history check, we'll see what happens. Sure, it's been a while. Check like that I said, history. Let's do it. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that's another two. Nice. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. Plus uh, nice. two plus one. It's uh, It's actually a three now. That's good. You are not familiar with the leaf guard armor. You, you, if someone said the words leaf guard, you would know who they were, and so would uh, Heath. But neither of you are familiar with the leaf guard armor. But you are all familiar with the symbol of, of Atonia, which, which Gus has on his chest. Hmm. But let me, let me just give you a little bit of information here. As you approach the uh, chasm, you are looking for a path down. Everything looks unstable. Everything is dumped into this pit, and you cannot see the bottom of it. It is grasping onto roots. There are literally buildings hanging off the side of trees. It is one of the weirdest and craziest things you've ever seen. Uh, but as you approach from almost any direction, including the one where you've approached from right now, which is on the northeasternish side, there is a tree uh, that is laying over, probably the same one that Gus crawled out of where you guys can climb up atop it and begin walking down it at a not super comfortable but manageable slope into this chasm if you so choose. Yeah, Saul starts climbing up. Sorry for walking on your house, Gus. This is not my house. (laughs) This is a tree. Yeah, but you were in it. Um, I can... Can you explain that? I was searching for (laughs) 
Uh, I was searching. How? Food? Four friends. Food? Four friends. <laughs> <laughs> In the tree. Uh. I think we might have to kill it before it's over. He whispers to Heath. I'm not sure why you're surprised. I was searching for friends in a tree when you found me in a tree. <laughs> and now you're friends. And we are friends. You're bros. You're bros. Uh, <laughs> do you all climb up on top of this tree and walk as this is this very special exchange? Is this going is on? very special. Yes, yeah. let's continue. Yeah. Yes. You all are walking down this tree slowly, carefully. We're just going to, you know, if, if it, you need a logistical term, it's, it's technically difficult terrain. You're being careful. Um, but on top of this tree, and from your perspective, like sticking up off the side of it, there is a building. It looks like it landed here hmm. on top of it and has perched there. It is large, made mostly of wood. It looks like it's been half rotted. There are big holes sticking out of the roof. And it's sitting at an angle. It's not sitting upright. It's sitting, eh, we'll say, probably like a 30-ish degree angle kind of down to the left. Uh, the door, there's a door in the front of it. Uh, the door has fallen completely off except for one little hinge. It's hanging by one hinge, and it is blocking your path. You will have to go inside of this building to continue forward. Saul walks up to it like it's normal. Just kind of step right through. Wait, Saul. Excuse you? Allow me to go first. Uh, if anything were to happen to you, I wouldn't forgive myself. Excellent choice. Allow, allow me to go first. Okay, that's much better. <laughs> if anything happens... Even better choice. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, send him. Send him. If anything happens to my bros, <laughs> I would I would be so sad. Yes, we're, we're <laughs> such great bros. Now, if you could, just... Go ahead, Gus. Go ahead, please. We, we, we really appreciate it. What a friend you are. Oh, the best of friends. Yes, be, be our sacrificial <laughs> lamb, Gus. Please step inside. Thank you. Would you like a cigar? Yes, please. What is cigar? Saw lots of cigar and hands it to him. Put off a light on his in his play. I, I whispered uh, to Saw, put a cigar in his face, and they'll go to him first. Gus, you have a cigar. Is it lit? Is it a lit cigar? Yeah, I lit a cigar and oh. hand it to him. Okay, you have a lit cigar. <laughs> I smoke it. Okay, you're smoking a cigar. You step inside the building. It looks I like... you see the smoke leaking out of his eye socket? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out of multiple holes in his head. And it's coming out of my ear holes. <laughs> yeah, all around that mushroom eye. <laughs> you step inside, and like I said, this place is kind of on its side at an angle. The tables and chairs are all over the place. You can see against the back wall, but torn up and like flipped over on its back, laying on the left wall, there is what used to be the bar uh, of this place. And you look around, and, and just from the look at it, it looks like it was some sort of tavern or inn or something like that. Um, nothing happens. No one jumps out at you for a minute. Any bodies in here? For a minute? Well, not for a minute, but I'm saying for the moment as he steps through, there's nothing happening. Do you all follow in after him, or do you wait outside? I give him a couple seconds, then I go in. Okay. The rest of you as well? Mm -hmm. I would like to... Uh, Kind of sandwich Saul, so Gus and, and me will kind of be on the outside of him. Yeah, Saul immediately walks towards the bar. So Gus is first? Yeah, you'd be in the back okay. from the way they described it. Is that cool with you? Yep. Okay, so you all enter inside and you all see the same thing. It's like a tavern that's been shaken up. You look around, you don't see anyone stirring or moving. Gus, make me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> 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 I would love to see the stats on this guy. That is a seven plus eight. 
plus eight. Oh wow, yeah. fifteen. That's a fifteen. He is so flipping wise. <laughs> so with a fifteen, as you're looking around, you know, you're just kind of like, oh hey, bros. You spot on the opposite wall near where that bar is flipped over. There is like a an engraving on the front of it, and it's kind of busted, but you can see it. There are parts of letters that are still visible. And then there's a symbol of a bent branch, and it's very distinctive. And when you see that, you remember it. Mm. You remember this place. And it's like for a moment you can envision it the way that it used to be, as the bending bow inn. It was a place where you have frequented breakfasts. It was very well known for breakfast. And it was right up the road from one of your favorite, this like fantastic little bakery called the Flower Petal. Pretty sure you used to go here sometimes. What? you're just sort of kind of overwhelmed with these flashes of memory for a moment. Hmm. Do I see any bodies? Saul looks for a drink. You don't see any bodies. Mm. Rose. Yeah. This is the Bending Bow Inn bar thing. Uh, really? Yes. Do you know if there's anyone alive around here? I um, don't see nobody. Saul goes and finds a drink. You can find, you know, if you look hard enough, you can find a bottle with some still left in it. It hasn't been shattered, but most of it's shattered. Finally warming up. There doesn't really seem to be anything else in here of note. You don't see any dead bodies, but there is another passageway leading from the back, you know, because you're trying to get through here and to continue forward. You find that a lot of times as you're walking the, the ground, the floor underneath your feet kind of shifts a little bit. And you have the constant knowledge that you are walking on unstable ground. Mm. It's a little shifty in here. we got to be careful where we step. <laughs> I found the way out. Lead the way, Gus. Ooh, there's the back door. <laughs> <laughs> He approaches the back door. Uh, as you guys are walking, you again feel that sort of odd wave of emotion deep in your chest. Like it's just calling out to you something deeper in the chasm. We, we need to keep walking. Do you feel that? It calls. We need to go faster. Let's go. Are you all continuing then? I continue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go out the back, and uh, it's weird. It's You're back on the tree, uh, but the tree is broken up ahead. But there are multiple of these roots, and these roots are large. I mean, you know, large enough for a humanoid to walk upon. Like I said, not comfortably, but carefully. And you can pass through. Um, you sort of have to just find the path of least resistance sometimes there are big broken pieces of buildings just laying across them and you have to climb over something or climb through a small hole uh, or uh, different things hop from one place to another I'm not going to have you guys roll for any of that because it's you can go very carefully and you don't come across anything that's particularly difficult for a while and then you know we'll say probably I don't know I don't know exactly how much how long but you guys make your way and you are slowly descending kind of going around and descending and making your way, climbing through this weird little puzzle of a pathway. And then you do come to a point uh, where you are climbing down a portion of a tree and you are into another one of these sort of half-held-together half, half uh, buildings slash 
uh, houses, and you go inside, and that's what it looks like. It looks like someone's home. There's, you know, all the sort of signs of someone living here at some point. You see, like, couches torn apart, uh, chair, table, different things. When you go inside of it, you realize that the back half of this one is completely ripped off. And when you step toward the end of it there, it is just wide open. There are no other paths leading up to it. And you're at somewhat of a dead end. You can see that bu- that below you, there seems to be another of these buildings, much bigger, that uh, is sort of held up, looks, looks like it's perched on top of another of these enormous trunks. But it's about 25 feet down. Man, did we miss something? Do we need to jump down? Should have took Featherfall. (laughs) (laughs) Who takes Featherfall? (laughs) Ropes, pittens, anyone? We need to get down there. Let me look in my bag. Uh, I think I have like, I think I have the 50 feet of hemp and rope, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I have that too. So how far down is it? You would guess somewhere between 25 and 30 feet. Okay. Hey, uh, big guy, Heath, you. (laughs) What do you want, devil? <laughs> okay, you watch yourself. Uh, there is this piece of rope right here. You hold on to it while we go down. Capiche? Here, I have also a rope. <laughs> and I pull out a rope. Thank, thanks, guys. Dra- we appreciate it. rotted and... It's straw rotted. Worthless. Yeah. Yeah, we know what. Why don't you use that? And we <laughs> will use this one. Is there a place to tie the rope? Yeah, there's some there's some places you could find um, to you know something secure. There are exposed boards and things like that. Something that's pretty solid could hold the weight of a person that you could tie it off to. Who who's gonna tie it off? Are you gonna do it, Heath? Sure, we'll put you to use. Uh, just give me a D, just give me a D twenty roll, and let's add your dexterity to that. Okay, seven. Okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. You tie it. You tie it on. Immaculate. Seems like it's seems like it's pretty secure. <laughs> I'm so scared. Great. Trust you fully. Who's going first? Gus. Go ahead, Gus. Gus, why don't look? <laughs> hey, hey, bro, Gus. Yes, yes. You know what? I think I think we need to rely on you this one time so that so that you can go down there and protect us. Okay, that's what bros do. Yeah, we are bros. We are bros. I I appreciate you. You're you're my best bro. I give him a thumbs up. Oh, we do, we are bros. You gonna start climbing down, Gus? Go ahead, Gus. Climb down. Does Gus climb down? Gus looks at the rope. Yeah. And then he climbs down. All right, you start climbing down. You get about halfway down, and the rope lets loose. <laughs> nice. Um, it's not too bad. You do fall about 15-ish feet. So I'm going to give you just 1d6 of falling damage, which is 3. But the rope cuts loose all of a sudden and falls, uh, and you guys are looking down. Gus, you fall 15-ish feet, and you smack on the side of this building. And when you do, uh, your leg pops off. Mm. <laughs> Heath, did you tie it right? His leg pops off. You all see. You all see Gus down there with his leg. His leg is off. Okay, guys, it's your turn. <laughs> do is you that gra- normal? You gra- do you grab the leg? Yes, I grab the leg. You grab the leg, kind of hold it back in spot, and some some 
you know, you just kind of like hold it there for a minute and like pop it or whatever. I'm I'm imagining good. Toy Story where where yeah. Woody like is that. waving the arm of Buzz. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kind of like that. It just sort of grows back together. That is revolting. Which you all can't really see that. You just see that it goes back on, and it's, it seems it seems to be good. He's standing. He says, it's wow. your turn. Of course, you guys no longer have his rope. Uh, Heath's rope is now down there with him. Uh, Saul takes out a rope and tries to fasten it. Okay, Saul, give me a uh, give me a rope tie with dexterity. This will be good. This will be good. Saul's dex is good. That's a nine on the dice. Okay. Plus three. We'll go. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you use proficiency because you're a dex guy. So we'll call it a a plus. We'll call it a plus six. So that makes it a fifteen. Very good. You feel like you got a. Feel like you know what you're doing. Feel like you got a pretty solid knot here. Saul immediately slides down it. Take off sliding. Uh, You reach the bottom with no issues. You think you can put that leg back on? What do you mean? It's going to be hard for you to travel with us if you don't pop that. I'm standing there in front of. Standing there. It's got two legs. I just stand up. Yeah, I'm good. so confused. He's got. Uh, he's back. <laughs> Is good. there a third leg laying on the ground? No, no. He just. Uh, just. He's back. Nah. He, I think he like popped it back on. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> Saul. <laughs> Saul takes a few steps uh, away from him. A okay. few times. Uh, do the other two come down the uh, the rope? I'll hop down after Saul does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Heath. Yeah, he follows. Bro. Okay. You all make it down pretty, pretty, you know, safely. Um, and uh, Gus seems to be okay. <laughs> Did you see that, Heath? Yeah, that was weird. Gus, is that normal? I'm not sure what you are talking about. Everything is normal here. <laughs> Saul, I'm going to need that drink from you. No kidding. He uh, hands his bottle over to Heath. Gus, are there more of you about? What do you mean, of me? Gnomes. Gnomes? Gnomes and or people like you. That's what we are looking for, right? Not, I'd, maybe. Uh, are there more fun guys around? You are fun guys. Well, sure. <laughs> Besides us. Besides us. Do you have any other friends? Goose, Gus, who are, are you looking, looking for? for? Friends, friends. His new name is Goose. Goose. <laughs> we look for friends. <laughs> so you, you guys are on top of this roof, okay? Basically, it looks like a flat, sort of slightly slanted roof. There's a big hole off to one side that you could climb down into. Mm. Uh, is that what you do? Can we? Is it uh, just jumpable? Yeah. Can we just like hop in? Or yeah, it's a. This is a small building. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, you can hang down. It's probably maybe a twelve foot ceiling in there. You know what I'm saying? So you can hang down and drop down and be completely fine. Uh, I'll I'll hop down first. Can I get like a perception check in there just to make sure everything's okay? Yeah, you hop down as everyone else. I guess is going to follow you in. Go ahead and roll me a perception check in there. Uh, that is a sixteen plus perception two. Eighteen. Okay, so with an eighteen, uh, you you've landed. You step aside. It's a small room. It's probably like a twelve by twelve by twelve. And um, there seem to be a bunch of pieces of armor and weaponry lying mm. around. Again, like it's been just shaken up and just spread all over the place. Uh, there is a desk to one side of the room. 
and you're kind of looking around all of this as they all hop down in. What order do you go in? Who hops down behind Bilderbro and then so on and so forth? I hop down. Saul goes last. Okay. So Gus goes first is, and then Heath? Yeah. And then Saul. Seems like some kind of armory, Bilderbro. Nice. Um, daggers? Yeah, you, you know, you can walk over, you find a dagger. It doesn't look like it's in great shape, like it's been sitting here in the damp air. There's a little bit of rust on it. Uh, you go over and pick it up, and you hear the thump of Gus, the thump of Heath, and then the thump of Saul. But then when, when the thump of Saul lands, the whole building moves. Nice. Everybody it shifts. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's learning how. <laughs> Everybody, don't move too much. I think we may be on some type of ledge. Do I get that? Do I get that kind of vibe that the that what we're on is kind uh, of well? Like I mean, everything that you have stepped on has felt like that. It's like everything's just kind of sitting on branches and roots and and trees. So sure. So uh, maybe jumping down and and. It's probably not okay, like jumping on an elevator. Huh? Shifts again. Are there any doorways? Oh no! Like exits? Uh, there is a doorway right behind you. Or windows? There are windows and doorways. Saul heads towards a window. You take one step, and the whole thing gives. Oh, oh Lord have mercy! Oh, I said, don't move. You all feel the bottom of your stomach fall out as this thing tilts and begins free falling, turning end over end. Give me either a dexterity saving throw or a strength saving throw to grab something. Can I blade ward? (laughs) (laughs) I'll say you could blade ward, but you won't have time to blade ward and grab something. Oh, Lord. So it's up to you. I'm going to to go for the dexterity. It says strength or dex. Strength save or dex save. I'm going to go for the dex save. Uh, Is that a good idea? We'll see. Mine's a 17. Okay. I got a 12. Okay. I got a 9. Okay. 9? 6 total. Yay! <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this thing starts falling, tumbling end over end. It's going to go, you guys don't really know this, but it's going to go somewhere in the realm of about 30 feet down, and then it is going to crash onto another one of these great tree boughs that are sticking out through here, uh, one of the big trunks. And when it does, uh, Saul, you managed to grab a hold of the desk, which, thankfully for you, was attached, was nailed down for whatever reason. I guess if they thought we're building something in a tree, might as well nail it down. So you hold on, and you are going to take half of this damage. The other three are going to take all of it. Mm. I should have played more than I rolled pretty good, too. Oh, no. Which is unfortunate for you guys. 15. It's like half my health. That's going to be 15 bludgeoning damage. Man, Vildebro, you're squishy. Right? I know, man. That's why I've got a whole bunch of uh, defensive spells, because I saw myself yep. and I was like, oh no. Squishy. You said 15? 15. As it crashes and you all, those of you who did not save, you kind of like smack the ground. Uh, and you take the full force of falling 30 feet, basically, in one fell swoop. So you just kind of get bumped around and you're going to take seven, you know. Yeah. Uh, hold on to something. <laughs> what are you idiots doing? <laughs> I said don't move. <laughs> well, we've landed now. The building is on its side now. You're all kind of stirring. Saul, you're hanging on to the desk, and you kind of like slide down the wall onto what is now the floor. 
And as you do, you hear something stirring. And you turn and look behind you, and a head pokes up from behind the desk, kind of shaking his head. And looks like a, a gnomish figure, actually. He, he is, like, looking down, and he's just kind of like, oh, and looks very dazed. Uh, who are you? Uh, uh, and he like slips out and rolls onto the ground. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, very dizzy. Very dizzy. That doesn't sound like a name. No, that's not my name. And he stands and he kind of like shakes his head, and he doesn't look so great. Anyone have a healing potion? He he opens his eyes and looks at you, and his eyes are just like white, pale. <laughs> this one needs some help. He's pale, huh? Yeah, he uh, he has portions of his arms that are just completely rotted off. He looks worse for wear. There does seem to be some, like, moss spread over his body, though. Oh, no. Did you say he was a gnome? He looks like a, he looks like a gnome, yeah. He's, he's pretty gnomey. Does he have any leaf guard armor on? <laughs> Sup, gnomies? He does not. Okay. He does not have leaf guard armor. Uh, sorry. Uh, where, who, who are you? I am Sut Saurus. And your name? My name, my name. He kind of, like, hits himself on the head a couple times. He looks old, not just decomposing, but also, like, an older. He's got, like, sprigs of white hair. Uh, yeah, mm, the name. It's, uh, uh, hello, friend. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, my name is, um, what is my name? Uh, Fan, Fandle, Fandle, Fandle. Fandel. Yeah, that's Fan, Fandle. Um, can I help you guys with something? Are you, are you hurt, Fandle? I'm okay. Uh, I have, uh, he looks around. I got armors and weapons if anybody needs, you guys need anything? I need to find Jilly, the halfling. I am looking for the daughter of my my benefactor. We're I'm, we're looking we're looking for people. People, people. Who are you looking for, Ro? Well, uh, there's a lot of people. What's her name? I I don't I don't remember. I I don't even think he told me. I I know we're looking for a big group of people. Sounds shady. There's a lot of people in the canopy you could probably find. Why is everything so topsy-turvy? Your house fell. It fell? Yeah. Wait, I thought we were in the canopy. Are you saying the canopy is somewhere else? Can you take us to it? No, this is the... No, we're in the canopy. What do you mean? Yeah, this is the uh, hole of destruction. He looks very confused. He walks over to the door... And he looks out, and then he just kind of stands there for a couple minutes. Are you okay? I don't think you realize. I, you're dead, right? Oh, I, I remember, yeah. Do you remember dying? I remember. They, they came. I remember. Who? Who came? Tell us. Uh, it was It was death that came. And I ran. I remember. I ran. I ran to to my shop. I ran to get weapons. I ran to help. And I remember. 
I felt it when she died. And you guys see, like, tears are coming out of his eyes now. Saul, like, stops being so, uh, kind of kill him, perchance. Mm. Walks over to him and is like, you felt her die. You felt, you felt Atonia die? How could you not feel it? It was a bright light. It's, it's like a, like a great explosion. From where? where? Where did it happen? Do you know? He starts uh, just like weeping. He sort of like falls and is laying on the ground. He's like sitting on the ground, his face in his hands, weeping. It is okay, bro. No, 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 no. She's gone. It's all gone. I come and pat him on the head. <laughs> he does not respond to that at all. Heath, wherever she died is where we need to go. Agreed. And we need to get there fast. I walk over to... Vandal? Uh, yeah, to Vandal, and I, I kind of kneel down and say, you know, I, I understand that things are hazy, but if you can point us in a, in a direction, we would we would be in your debt. Can you please help us? And can I roll something for that? Uh, Go ahead. Go. Uh, you can roll me a persuasion check, I guess. Cool. Come on, bro. Uh, 15. Uh, well, I rolled an 11 plus 4 is 15. W- what exactly did you ask him? Point you in the right direction? Yeah. Yeah. She was... It was the Corrine. It was the Equinox. Everything. All of them dead. So many dead. We need to hurry. She was in the Corrine, and it all fell. Everything fell down. 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 Sounds like we're already headed in the right direction, gents. Let's continue. How deep is this chasm? You can't tell. How wide is it? I immediately begin fashioning one of the leaf cellar things from Breath of the Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So are you all planning to leave him here? Just walk out, right? I'm sorry for your loss, Vandal. Would you, uh... Would you like to accompany us? We're going down... Down as deep as we can go. He just keeps, like, rocking back and forth and saying, Down... Down, down, down. Do you think we should kill it, Heath? Don't kill a friend. I don't know. I I think we should live on this guy's weird. Yeah, I mean, we have a walking mushroom with us. Come on. So y'all leaving him? Yeah, Saul's gonna leave him, I guess. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> you all go toward the door and, and you know it's on its side but you can climb kind of up and over and there's literally a big old branch sticking up like through it you guys can kind of get on to that right when you get to the door though he calls out wait before you go and he like stands and like shambles over to where you guys are at and he has this crazed look in his eye and he says listen and he holds his hand up to his ear Like he's listening very, very intently. Oh, no. Can you hear it? The drum. Nope. Does everybody listen quietly? Yeah. Yeah, I I listen as well. Everybody's silent. He's holding his ear up, and you don't hear anything, and there's like five, ten seconds, nothing. Right when you start to think he's just crazy, you do hear something. Oh, no. I tear my ear off and hold it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
just once, like, and it sounds like it's really far away. And honestly, it's it's more like you do you do think you hear something, but it's like you can feel it, like a pulse, like a vibration through the floor and the air and the roots around you. And it sounds and feels like one heavy thrum of a drum. That's terrifying. Beware the drum, boys. If you hear that drum, you hear it close. Run. Then he sits back down, like crosses his arms. I take Fungi's ear and put it on my belt. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. I'm cool with that. He's in favor. He's in favor. (laughs) Oh, no. That way he can smile on you. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all continue. You climb through the opening onto the branch, and just like before, you are now moving down again, branch to branch, root to root, building to building. Now you're starting to see more bodies in places. You see remains of people who have died. Some of them are not moving. Some of them are. But now the ones that you see that are moving, generally you come across them. Like, for example, you come into a piece of a building that is just run through with a big branch. And when you go into it, there is a like a big chunk of, of a table that is crashed onto the ground and is laying on top of a decomposed figure. And it is just sort of making noises and scratching and reaching. And uh, it looks crazed and hostile. Ugh. Hello, friend. Um, I kill it with fire. <laughs> do you do you kill it? Um. Do we kill it? Is it captured? Like, is it coming at us? It's pinned. It's pinned by this big chunk of table. It's literally got it pinned to the floor. I down below you guys. I think we should keep it going. I I feel like if we shoot off anything, if we if we attack, I think maybe we'll alert more. What do you think? Prince. Is it like it's crazed because it's captured? Like, has it got fungus growing out of it? Yeah, it's done. It's undead. Like, y- you can tell. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Paladin probably should put that thing out of its misery before it gets out. Quietly. Agreed. What misery? <laughs> Says the other undead thing in our party. <laughs> Pinned to the wall. <clears throat> It's obviously pretty. So do you all execute the thing? Yeah. Heath? Heath, you go down to it. I'm going to use my longsword and just stab right through. Okay. You said with advantage? Yeah, with advantage. 25. Man, dude, you just roll so good. Look at that. Okay, yeah. So that a hit on this thing is a crit. So, I mean, you, you don't have to roll it. It's... Low enough in in health uh, that you execute it quite easily. Easily. When I do so, I say a small prayer to Prevalian. Say a little prayer for you. Was it infested with mushrooms or no? Um, I would say there was definitely moss growing on it. Uh, something like that. So yeah. Mm, okay. But it was already undead. It was. It, it was uh, mindless and vicious. And as you kill that thing, do you guys move on? Um, I'd like to investigate it. I just want to get a good look at it and see how did it get pinned to the wall? Or get pinned? 
looks like this when this building fell. I fell on it. That this table fell on it. Yeah. So it's just got a table on it? It's not just laying on it. It's like the edge literally pinned it into the wall. Vildebar was very worried that there were others that could hear and that are around. So can I make a perception just real quick to see if there are any others that we need to be careful for? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I keep... I keep on rolling these twos, man. I think. Uh, wow. Oh no! What is happening? A, I know you put it's, that it's a dice four. Trash can. I do. Percent. It's four. That's a full. You don't notice anything. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any other figures in this area. Uh, but as you guys continue forward, and you're walking. You do see, often from a distance, more like this. Uh, more of these, if you will, zombified, undead things. Uh, you are climbing down branches. You see some that are just tangled up in branches that are just kind of like hanging there as if they were dead and then woke up. They, it's like they've been here long enough. They have just become mindless. You know, some of them might be easy for you to kill, like the one that Heath killed. Some of them not really within reach. Uh, do you guys Do you guys go about killing the ones you can reach? Yeah, as long as it's not a major inconvenience. Saul would, you know, stick a rapier through the eyeball of whatever he needed to if it's, you know, right. captured. Uh, Heath, is this normal? I, I've never heard of such a thing in Manumi. What what causes undeath here? And he's, you know, just pulls his rapier out of some creature's eyeball at the same time he's saying this. Saul, I have, I have no clue what's going on here. Any theories? None. <clears throat> I haven't heard any of this before. So, if they're already undead, is it possible to use my feature called fungal infestation? I don't know what that does, but it sounds great. If a beast or a humanoid that is small or medium dies within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to animate it as a zombie under your control. One hit point. What the crap? (laughs) Yeah, theoretically. But so, most of the ones you guys are finding are kind of like pinned or in a bad position. Oh, okay. But if you're looking for one that's not, I will provide you with that very soon. Oh, no. I mean, just any time that hap- they're available, then I would do it. Yeah, we'll keep that in mind here. Uh, okay, so you all continue forward. You come to a point where there is a one of the larger buildings that you've seen so far, and the branch that you're climbing down leads right into the roof of it, and this branch goes all the way to the floor, and you guys will have to hop off and cross this, this big building floor. And it's like stabbed through by multiples of these boughs holding it up, and coming off of these boughs all across the floor are these big black roots. They seem to have, like, wrapped this building up completely. Mm. Like they've grown around it. Uh, it looks like almost like some sort of a big concourse-type room. Maybe it was, Ooh. like, um, maybe it was like a dance floor. You know what I'm saying? Like some sort of a uh, something from, uh, from the canopy where everyone might have spent some time or something like that. It's got a big wooden floor going all the way across. And what do you do? So any time that they kill one of these things... I'll yes. probably be like, you, you killed my friends. You killed my friends. These are your friends. I don't. I don't like you when you killed my friends. Well, uh, they would 
kill us if they were free is the problem. The ones that are talking, like you, don't seem to be a problem. The ones that are not would probably try to eat us. Come on, we're bros. We're not just friends, we're bros. We, we're gonna go skateboarding afterwards, remember? We are bros. Bros. You need to be sure that you're on our side. You don't want to let a bro down. I, we are bros. Are you all crossing this big floor, this big wooden floor with all the black roots? Oh, yeah. Cautiously, but yes. Let me have a marching order. Precariously. Saul's been trying to get Heath to go in the front. Yeah, I'll take front. Big meaty dude. Yeah. Okay, and then? Saul. Okay. Vildebro. And then Gus in the back? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. You're stepping through. Walking. You got to step over these big black roots across uh, your way. You're being careful. Saul. Heath. No. Make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, boy. Not a save. I thought we were friends, Paul. We are bros. 21. We are bros. Heath got that 21. I got a natural 20. Oh! Nice. Both of you notice as you step, these roots start moving. You feel, like, beneath your feet, you see one, like, sliding just a little bit, and you quickly are able to jump out of the way as one leaps forward and tries to grab you around the ankles. Whoa. The roots are alive. So now I need Vildebro and Gus to do the same thing, but because of their successes, I'm going to give you guys uh, advantage. Oh, that is just so kind of you, Paul. I appreciate you. Because you're going to roll a two. I No, see, I'm going to roll <laughs> with my uh, Gemaleel Karth-flavored dice. Oh, oh, yeah. 17 total. I rolled a 17 uh, plus my dexterity okay. saving throw okay. plus two. Oh, okay. 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 So, and you there said you got 17, go. Gus? Yes. Okay. You all succeeded. Uh, you managed to hop back as these roots come like flailing around and writhing around trying to wrap their tendrily roots around your feet. Uh, and as they are squirming and, and worming around, you all also notice all around the room figures start standing up from amongst these big black roots. Nope. Nope. They are white-eyed and lifeless, but with a sort of unlife. Let's roll initiative. Formations. Back to back. Square up, soldiers. Lots of lots of memories rushing for Vildebro right now. <laughs> a 10. I rolled a 15. I got a dirty 20. 17, baby. Okay. The first thing that happens is Gus is going to get a chance to go. Gus, you look around. You see all these dudes stand up. They are partially uh, rotted. There are more than a dozen of them, varying sizes and shapes. Some are small and short like a gnome or halfling, and some are taller like an elf or a human would be. But they are all similarly undead. You see one rise up right next to you, and it has um, what looks like tattered black cloaks. You see another one uh, rising up nearby you that is wearing uh, tattered black cloaks like that as well, these sort of token black clothing. Uh, And then you see another one near you, Gus, that is wearing um, what looks like leaf guard armor. Hmm. Did you make me a wisdom saving throw? That's a... 13 plus 8 is 21. Wow, you're wise. She has long, dark hair. Looks kind of rough. There is a lot of moss in it. She has 
patches of fungus growing on her flesh. But you take a look at her, and you see, her face is still mostly intact, and you see that armor, and when you do, you remember her. <clears throat> she is one of the leaf guard. Her name is Philara. You know her. Philara, my friend. For whatever reason, you can remember, you remember her voice, you remember being around her, and she is shambling towards you all, looking mindless with death in her mind. What do you do? Did you say that the black tree roots were like moving around and trying to grab us? Yes, they are. Yes, indeed. Okay. So when I notice that, I want to use a spell called Speak with Plants. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I knew I was going to hate this. Go, Go ahead. So you imbue plants within 30 feet of you with limited sentience and animation. You know the ability to communicate with you and follow your simple commands. You can question them about events in the spells area within the past day, gaining information about creatures that have passed, weather, and other circumstances. You can also turn difficult terrain caused by plant growth into ordinary terrain that lasts for the duration of just 10 minutes. Oh. Okay. You cast it. Okay. What happens? What do you do? I kind of bend down and try to, like, give one of these roots a hug. Friends, help us grab the other friends. Here's what I'm going to do here. Generally speaking, you're about to totally nerf my whole uh, (laughs) encounter here. Break his game. Break his game. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. This spell, like it specifically says that it doesn't enable them to uproot themselves and move about, but they can freely move branches, tendrils, and stalks. So since I already told you they were capable of grabbing stuff, (laughs) I'm going to let them try to grab all of them. I have these baddies split into two groups of enemies. (laughs) I'm going to have each group roll one dexterity saving throw with the same DC that you guys had. The first group rolled a 15... But their dexterity is a negative two. <laughs> and they required higher than a, 14, a 13, so they fail. Suckers. Nice. The second group is going to roll, and they rolled even lower. Nice. <laughs> very good. Better nuts. No, this is not very good. This is stupid. <laughs> All of them are grabbed by the vines and are... Immobilized. They can't move towards you. They are not like incapacitated, but at least for the rest of this round, they are unable to move. Thank you, friends. We have a new bush wizard. We are bros. <laughs> it's a bush oh, wizard. No. Yes. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or is it bush enchantress? Yeah. Bush enchantress. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you bush enchantress. Um, all through, oh, we go back through time, and, and Gus has fallen into the space-time continuum, and it's him throughout all yes. time <laughs> enchanting the bush in season two. No, Probably anyway. Friend. <laughs> uh, so, is that the end of your turn? Yeah, I mean. Does the girl one that he recognized, does it look different than the other ones? Besides being a leaf guard? No, she still looks lifeless. Hmm. 
You said I could use a bonus action cantrip. Indeed. Then I will use uh, Shillelagh. Shillelagh? The Shillelagh. Yes, Shillelagh. Shillelagh, you have a staff? I have a like staff. A, you cast Shillelagh on your quarter staff. It's up to a D8, right? Or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. However it works. It's a D8. It's D8. And it's magical. And it is magical. The next thing to happen is build a bro. That's me. It's your turn. All uh, the roots have come up and have grabbed from a quick scan at least 12 more, more than more than a dozen of these things are now currently grabbed by these things and they cannot move. None of them, hmm. uh, only one of them is within five feet of you. Uh, what do you do? So they're just like right there in our face, huh? With, the, with them being They're all there. over the place. They're kind of scattered. This is about a 50 foot room oh, all the way around and they're kind of scattered throughout. I got you. They're currently grabbed by vines. Um, biggest group. What are we? What are we looking at? Of of the zombies. What are you wanting to do? I wanted some uh, some burning hands damage. Wanted to see what that's like. Okay. So burning hands. Light it you up. hold oh, your fingers oh. out and you spray a fifteen foot cone. That's right. Uh, I'll say. Let me. I'll roll for it. Sure. Right Let's do it. Okay. I got a three. So I'm gonna say you can target three in a fifteen foot cone. Okay, I like the I like that. Let's uh, let's do that. I'm going to shoot out okay. burning hands right in front of them uh, in a 15 foot cone. They have to make a dexterity saving throw. What level? Uh, I'm just going to cast at first level. We'll go ahead and roll me the 3d sixes, and I will have them roll saves. Let's do it. Saves. I'm going to. All right, the first group fails. Second group also fails. So they both fail. They're going to take 10 damage. Cool, cool, cool. And this is far? It's far. Far. Uh, I also think I can get something when I shoot fire. Um, I have uh, Flames of Phlegthos. When I shoot fire damage, I can wreathe myself in flames that don't harm me and shed bright lights out to 30 feet. And anything that deals melee damage takes 1d4 fire damage. When you hit those two with fire, the roots that were wrapping them up let go. I'm sure. And rob away. Oops. Just those two. <laughs> not all of them. Just the two that you hit. Uh, I hit. Okay. Oh, did did not all three? Oh, I'm sorry. Three. I'm sorry. You hit three. Okay. My bad. I, I, for, I forgot to do the damage on them. That's okay, yeah, Paul. I forgive you. The three that you hit <laughs> did that. Okay. Is it the end of your turn? Uh, if- that is actually going to be the end of my turn. Okie dokie. Now it is Heath's turn. Heath. Yes. As a side note, if anyone kills any of them that are within 10 feet of me, I want to use my reaction at all at the fungal mm. infestation, Do by it. the way. Gotcha. He's going to draw his longsword and go for the closest one. Okay. There's one about 10 feet from you. All right. 27. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh-huh. That hits. And 14 damage. 14. Man, dude. Okay, we know who the DPS is. And then I have a second attack. <laughs> well, he's on my team. <laughs> yeah. So I'll use a second attack. You attacking the same one? Yeah. 22. Okay, that's also a hit. He's going to evaporate it in one, one turn. Uh, 12 damage. <laughs> Golly. Okay, so nice. you cut it down. It dies. Like, you, you cut it down. Uh, it hits the floor. Let me see. You did how much damage just then? 12? 
Yeah. So it's going to roll plus its con. It fails. It dies. You kill it. Sweet. So you cut one down. Now you were in the front, right? Yeah. Yep. So fungus. I'll say it's within 10 feet of you. Gus, if you want to use your thing, I don't care. Yeah. So it's so a reaction. Weird. It's a reaction. So what happens exactly? You'll see some like, it looks like pollen. I start sneezing and stuff. <coughs> and I say, a new friend. And then it stands back up. And I say, this oh. is our new friend. He is a new fun guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh no. Remind me not to die around you. Heath, is that the end of your turn? Am I able to disengage? Oh, you killed it, bro. But he's our friend. But I mean, Gus did say he's your friend now, so I mean. (laughs) I mean, if it's not hostile against you, you can move away from it. You don't have to disengage. You can just move away from it. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll move away. Okay. You step away from it. And that means it's Saul's turn. Saul. Saul lights his rapier and takes off dashing, running over to the closest one that's still tied up. Okay. And he wants to poke that rapier right through his eye. Okay, go ahead and roll it. 13, and it's a plus 6. My man. You hit. Okay, a, uh, a, a 16 is a hit. So, uh, go ahead, and it's lit, you said? Oh, yeah. Inflamed? It's flamed. It's lit. It's so lit. So, go ahead and roll the 1d8 plus 5. 8 flaming damage. Holy so flaming that's, damage. that's actually that's actually not that's actually just your sword damage. Oh, okay. Um, it is when you inflame that it sheds bright light in a forty foot radius, and it is a radiant light. And you're going to roll two d sixes. Two d sixes. does that affect the area? If are you within forty feet? Would you say? Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. We'll we'll, we'll get that. Uh oh. What's going on? 2d6s. So you got five fire damage on this guy, so that's a total of 13 damaggio. But that that other, that fire you're using, it's kind of like a holy fire. So holy fire. we're going to, that was five yep. fire, so we're going to go with that, and then we're going to go with this. Also, the roots that are holding this one burn up. Oh, wow. As the radiant light shines out, these things do not like it. And they are the ones who are close enough to you, including the one that you just hit, is going to run from you. You're going to take an opportunity attack on it. <laughs> yeah, I am. 14. It's a hit. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me all the damage again. Seven off of that, and then you need two d6s. Yeah. Hey, okay. oh boy. Uh, you cut it down. Nice. Saul's just smacking people. And when you do, it does not move or even try to get back up. Two other ones are trying to get away from you, but they are caught up in the uh, in the roots and are not able to. They are kind of like making noises and, and pulling away, trying to get away from you. Heath. Yeah. Call upon your god, Heath. The light is working. Bright. Very, very, very bright light shines out from Saul's sword. In fact... I would go as far as to say that it, it hurts you to look at it. What? Okay. Ooh, wait a minute. Palor's light is causing issues to a paladin of prey volume. Hmm. It's a bright light. Roll me a D8. All right. Why, Paul? Bright lights, bro. Four. Okay, plus your level, which is eight. Twelve. So you take 12 
radiant damage. What? And you feel very weakened. You're going to have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks while you're within this 40 feet of Saul while he's using that sword. Hold the phone. Oof. Does Heath have any visible reaction to that? Not really. Like, he winces. There is smoke coming off your skin. Yeah. Sizzling. Do we see that? The floop is going on. (laughs) Anybody who's looking can see the sizzling smoke coming up off Heath's skin. When that happened, the Uh hood of my cloak kind of, like, flew off, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And I imagine Saul would look back, and I smile at him. Yeah. And I have two... Rather large canine teeth. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, he does. Amazing. Saul, before you can react to that, suddenly everyone notices as all the zombies stop hollering, moving, groaning, and fall down to their knees and curl up with their hands over the back of their head. What? The, what? We have... What is happening? Then, you all feel a sudden pulse, a reverberation, like the thrum of a drum. Very close by. Oh, no. All of these things curled up in the fetal position on the ground as if to shield their heads. And you all turn, and behind you, you can just see this dark presence out through the opening that you entered in through coming closer. Mm, that's not good. What have you done, Keith? Oh, and by the way, that's where we're going to end this episode. Of course yeah, it is. Because you're a jerk. You're a jerk. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, uh, thank you for listening. This has been Make Believe Champions. Wow, that's a lot to end on. Wow. Uh, but hey, hope you guys have enjoyed listening. And I mean, I've enjoyed playing, and we will be back very soon with the second half of this yeah, we will. very special undead adventure. So we are signing off. Let's go around the table as we do so. I'm Jeremy, and I'm playing Saul. I'm Jeffrey, and I play <laughs> Gus, the fun guy. <laughs> I'm Brohas, and I play Builderbro. Builderbro. I'm Walker, and I play Heath Fairfax, the vampire. And we will see you guys next time. Much love. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye. Do you have any other friends? We are looking for friends. Goose. Gus, who are you looking for? Friends. His new name is Goose. <laughs> Goose. <laughs> Goose. Oh, no. We look for friends. Beware the drum, boys. If you hear that drum, you hear it close. Run. Run. <laughs> Do we need some wind sounds in the in the background? No, we don't. I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, no, we have battle boards for um, that. Yeah, we're good. We have actual spice. Uh, Very spice. All the spice we need. Very spice. Um. So okay. Uh. I just completely lost track. It's like stupid <laughs> wind. I hate the wind. <laughs> he did that for like five straight minutes the other day. I kid you. Not. <laughs> it was awesome. You're encouraging it.